A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad that you're with us on the program today. Hopefully you had a a good weekend. Uh, Yeah, we are going to be talking a little bit about the uh, shooting in uh, Allen, Texas uh, over the weekend, as well as the uh, SUV attack, apparently in Brownsville, Texas, which also left uh, eight people killed over the weekend. Another violent weekend in the United States. And of course, uh, you know, the gun control activists, the uh, anti-gun politicians like President Joe Biden continue uh, to uh, present this narrative that the only way that we can address this violence, the only way that we can make this country a safer place is by restricting people's rights to protect themselves. Again, we'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do, here's something else we have to really think about. What is happening with the banks? It is literally crazy. Can you imagine what this is going to do to the retirement savings of America? Now, I want to tell you what I've heard from Augusta Precious Metals. Goldmine is on fire right now because people want gold IRAs to protect the retirement savings. And get this, if you have 100000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. That's a big deal. A pure gold coin for free. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and learn how you can get started with gold. Don't let bank failures get you down. Get this free gold and get some peace of mind. Just call 855-222-4997 to learn whether gold can help protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 855-222-4997. Again, 855-222-4997. Nine seven. Now, Texas Governor Greg Abbott uh, on Fox News Sunday said that uh, he is not inclined uh, to uh, try to put any more gun control laws on the books. Instead, he says, hey, listen, we need to talk about mental health. And I think that's fair to say, uh, given what we just saw in Texas, we don't know the circumstances of this attack in Brownsville. The police haven't ruled out whether or not this was an accident, perhaps a drunk driving. But it does seem a little unusual, 8.30 on a Sunday morning, to have a, a drunk driver plow into a, a bus stop. Uh, regardless, again, we got a very painful and grim reminder of the fact that it is not the inanimate object. It is the person behind the wheel, person pulling the trigger, who is responsible for these types of tragedies. So going after the inanimate object isn't going to make us any safer. But it is popular. It's undeniable. You know, there are a lot of non-gun gun owners are a minority in this country. So when we see horrific events like what happened in Allen, I think that there is a knee-jerk response from a lot of people who don't own guns and maybe even some folks who do, who say, you know what, we, we, we've got to do something. And the something that we hear a lot about is gun control, whether it's a ban on so-called assault weapons, large capacity magazines, waiting periods. Again, there's, there's no shortage of do something agenda items that can be done, right? Whether or not it's effective and actually reducing violent crime or just making people feel better is another story entirely. And one of the most uh, common uh, and popular ideas, according to uh, a lot of public polls, are red flag laws, extreme Risk protection orders, as they're sometimes known, or uh, as Governor Bill Lee in Tennessee would like to call his red flag proposal, a temporary mental health restraining order. Uh, but the idea is basically the same in, in every state that has them. Um, somebody who is deemed to be a danger to themselves or others by a judge 
typically without that individual being present in a courtroom or allowed to present a defense, their guns can be taken from them temporarily. Um, usually in those ex parte hearings is about two weeks before a hearing is held and the petitioner or the subject of the petition actually gets to present their side of the story. If they uh, fail to convince a judge that uh, they do not pose a threat to themselves or others, then their guns are confiscated for anywhere from six to 12 months on an initial uh, petition. But those petitions can be extended ad infinitum uh, by prosecutors. So they can go back eight months later and say, listen, we think this person is still a danger. The judge said, yeah, I still agree. And uh, so that, bloop, that order gets extended another year. So this can end up being a lifetime prohibition on gun ownership. It's one that has to be renewed on occasion. And it looks like Michigan is going to get its red flag law. That makes the 20th state in the nation to have some form or fashion of a red flag law in the books. But as uh, CBS News report says, uh, Michigan nears a red flag gun law. Some sheriffs are likely to ignore the red flag law, as we have seen uh, in other states, from law enforcement officials who believe that either red flag laws violate the Constitution uh, or, again, are an ineffective approach to dealing with truly dangerous people because you're simply taking one inanimate object away from them. Um, in Michigan, you know, they've already passed uh, a number of uh, gun control measures already this year. Um, thanks in large part to uh, the gains the Democrats saw last November. Uh, they now have a, now you don't need a veto-proof majority, and they don't have one, but with a Democratic governor, again, you don't need one. They've got the votes necessary uh, to enact a lot of gun control measures, and a red flag uh, law is looked uh, looks to be like it's the next one uh, on the books. I said this was CBS News, by the way. I, that was incorrect. That was uh, This is the Associated Press uh, reporting that uh, in Michigan, the red flag measure faces pushback on the local level in a state where gun and in culture runs deep. Over half of the state's counties have passed resolutions declaring themselves Second Amendment sanctuary, supposing laws that they believe infringe on gun rights. Some sheriffs have said that they will have trouble enforcing something they believe is unconstitutional. According to Van Buren County Sheriff Daniel Abbott, who says at the end of the day, the utmost responsibility for a sheriff is to uphold the Constitution. Now, the Associated Press says, uh, touted as the most powerful tool to stop gun violence before it happens. Touted by whom, exactly? An Associated Press analysis in September found red flag laws are barely used in the 19 states in the District of Columbia where they exist. Firearms were removed from people 15,049 times since 2020, Fewer than 10 per 100,000 adult residents, according to the analysis. Now, I would argue that, again, we're talking about 19 states. So 15,000 is not across all 50 states, not even half, right? And we still have 15,000 of these uh, red flag petitions that have been used, again, over the past not even quite two and a half years. And again, keep in mind, when the Associated Press talks about this uh, rate uh, below 10 per 100,000 people, we're not talking about, you know, the body of non-gun owners here are, who are subject to uh, red flag laws. Primarily, red flag laws are used against those who currently own firearms. So I would dispute the Associated Press analysis that uh, these laws are, quote, rarely used. In some states, that's absolutely the case. The Associated Press notes, for example, that in Colorado, 37 counties that consider themselves sanctuaries issue just 45 Extreme risk protection orders in the two years through 2021, one-fifth fewer per resident than non-sanctuary counties. New Mexico and Nevada 
reported only about 20 red flag orders combined. Uh, by the way, New Mexico's red flag law put into effect to great fanfare in 2020. And while a number of sheriffs around the state have said, no, listen, we're not going to use this. We believe it's unconstitutional. That's not been the case in Bernalillo County, which is the state's largest in terms of population uh, and also one of the worst in terms of violent crime. So in Bernalillo, which is Albuquerque, basically, you've got a mayor, you've got a prosecutor, you've got the police who are all on board, and yet they're not using the red flag law either. Other places, however, are California um, it, it doing an enormous amount of uh, extreme risk protection orders in New York um, since Governor Kathy Hochul demanded that the uh, state police uh, start uh, using the state's red flag law whenever possible. The uh, use of ERPOs has increased by more than a thousand percent over the past year, according to a news story. So, no, these things are being used. The question is whether or not they're actually useful. Because, again, when you get down to it, what we're talking about here is a belief that someone, some individual, is a danger to themselves or somebody else, whether it's a family member, whether it's the general public. But, again, there's that belief that they are a danger. And so what happens with an extreme risk protection order? Well, Cam, we've, we've decided that you're dangerous. And so we're going to take your guns away from you. But we're not going to ensure that you get mental health treatment, even though we think you're dangerous. We're not going to charge you with any crime, because we might not be able to. Um, We're not going to put you in a mental health facility, because we don't have the room or the money. No, instead, we're going to tell you that you can't legally own your guns anymore. You can't legally buy any guns anymore. And we'll consider the problem solved. Here are your car keys. Uh, yeah, you can keep your gas can, you can keep your matches, you can keep your pills, you can keep your knives, you can keep your ropes, you can keep anything but a gun. Because we've solved the problem by taking your guns away. I don't think that's the case. You know, there has not been a lot of uh, research done on the efficacy of red flag laws. It's kind of hard again to prove a negative, right? Uh, well, uh, this crime didn't happen, and it must be because we took this person's guns away. I mean, that's really hard to prove. What we do know is that in at least some states that have adopted red flag laws, violent crime has continued to go up. New Mexico is one of them. Colorado is another. And suicides continue to go up. Um, in fact, there was one study done that looked at the suicide rate in Indiana and Connecticut, which are the states that have had red flag laws on the books for the longest period of time. Um, the evidence is mixed. I believe it was Indiana that saw a slight reduction in overall suicides. Connecticut did not. Uh, there was a decline in gun-involved suicides, but the overall suicide rate uh, increased. So people were apparently choosing to end their life by another means, which, again, is not the point of a red flag law. The point of a red flag law is not, okay, we're going to make this dangerous person do dangerous things with something other than a gun. Suppose, at least I thought that was not the point of a red flag. Maybe it is the real point. But I thought the purpose of these extreme risk protection orders was to protect lives, to save lives. That's the ostensible purpose, right? But again, a gun-centric approach to dealing with dangerous individuals is destined to fail in that regard. And I know that this is something that I keep hammering here at Bearing Arms, both on Cam and Company and on the website, but it's because it's true. 
because these policies actually take us further away from the types of programs that can make a difference. They're, they're, listen, now those programs cost money. Greg Abbott uh, talked about $25 billion in uh, mental health funding uh, there in the state of Texas. And almost every state in the union right now has a critical shortage of both mental health care workers. So if you just, you know, are looking for a counselor or somebody to talk to, you're likely to be waiting a while. And for those in crisis, for those who actually need to be institutionalized, almost every state in the union, again, has a shortage of mental health beds. That's not something that is easily fixable. Certainly not something that can be done on the cheap, like a red flag law. But those types of investments, that type of commitment, I believe can stop not only a large number of these targeted attacks, but again, can substantially reduce people taking their own lives, uh, even when they decide not to try to take others at the same time, as well as, you know, again, improving the number of drug overdose deaths in this country, which is over 100,000, the number of alcohol-related deaths in this country, again, over 100,000 per year, these deaths of despair. Those two could be ameliorated um, if we invested in a serious and substantial way in our mental health system. Not again, not just institutions, not just for those who do need that crisis care, but again, just improving the access to mental health overall, I think would have a huge benefit. Red flag laws, again, take us away from that. These are not mental health laws. Most of the red flag laws on the books in this country have no mental health component. That's certainly the case in Virginia where I live. No matter how dangerous you might be, no matter how dangerous a judge might find you, once the guns are taken, oh, sure, you might have to show that you've received counseling if you want to try to get your guns back legally. But that's it. Other than that, once the guns are gone, you're left to your own devices. Again, I don't think that this is a strategy that is going to be successful at reducing violent crime, that is going to be successful at reducing suicide, that is going to be successful at reducing the number of dangerous individuals on our streets. In order to do that, you've got to get away from gun control. You've got to quit doing something. And you've got to try to do something that works. And red flag laws, not the way to go. Again, however, they are popular, uh, at least in polling. Now, uh, there's been some research, Crime uh, Prevention Research Center actually did some polling on this issue and found that the more people learned about red flag laws, the less likely they were to support them. So the devil's in the details. Um, however, you think we're fighting an uphill battle uh, in a lot of these states because the media doesn't want to talk about the particulars. The uh, supporters of red flag laws don't really want to talk about the particulars. So it is up to us as gun owners to start talking about the devil in the details, as well as to point to other programs, other policies that we believe will be more effective. Because America is in a do-something mood, and doing nothing isn't really an option. So we can say shall not be infringed. We can say from our glad hands. It's not really an argument that's going to work. Instead, we actually have to start pointing out the policies and practices that not only will protect our right to defend ourselves and the people that we love, but again, will allow us to deal with the dangerous individuals in our society, ensure that they get the help that they need when appropriate, 
and ensure that uh, they're not in a position to hurt others uh, if it gets to that point. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, as well as uh, our recidivist report. We'll start there with a case out of Arizona where a a 22-year-old accused of stabbing a a young woman, Lauren Heike, uh, was out on probation, apparently met with his probation officer after the uh, murder took place. And again, as it turns out, this guy should have been behind bars. Uh, but instead was out on the street. This according to uh, CBS 5 in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, 22-year-old Zion William Teasley uh, arrested in the murder of Lauren Heike, accused of stabbing her 15 times on a, a trail that straddles the border of North Phoenix and Scottsdale. Um, according to police, Teasley has been linked to the crime through DNA uh, as well as other forensic evidence. Um, but it's his previous criminal history that we're going to be focused on here. He was arrested back in 2020, charged with third-degree burglary, armed robbery, kidnapping, and disorderly conduct charges. Apparently, at least some of these crimes stem from a, a string of armed robberies at two Circle Ks, at least six separate incidents. Uh, at these uh, two stores. But court records reveal that Teasley took a plea deal. And he uh, ended up pleading guilty to armed robbery, disorderly conduct, and robbery. Ten felony charges, uh, including the most serious felony charges, were dropped by prosecutors in exchange for the plea deal. He spent 16 months at the uh, Red Rock Correctional Facility in Alloy before he was released in November of 2022. Court documents uh, say prosecutors assessed Teasley as a, quote, medium-low risk to reoffend. When cutting him that plea deal. Well, clearly that was a miscalculation on the part of prosecutors. But again, why was this plea deal offered in the first place? And the answer is because plea deals are offered in almost every criminal case. More than 97% of felony cases at the federal level in this country end up in plea bargains. They don't go to trial. The number is about as high in most states as well. And so, Guys like Teasley, who may very well have exhibited a productivity towards violent crime, given a slap on the wrist, far too often given probation. Uh, At least he got a minimal prison sentence. That doesn't happen in most of our deals of the day. But uh, again, far too quickly, returned to the streets, out to reoffend again, uh, this time allegedly responsible for the death of this uh, young woman, Lauren Heike. Now, today's uh, good deed of the day. Oh, excuse me. We're not, we'll get to our good deed of the day. Before we do that, we have our uh, armed citizen story to get to. Murfreesboro, Tennessee, where police say a uh, suspected burglar was killed, another injured, uh, by an armed homeowner during a burglary attempt uh, over the weekend. And this honestly sounds like some scary stuff. Uh, the Murfreesboro Daily News Journal reporting that the uh, homeowner not uh, will not be facing charges after he shot two men, killing one, accused of breaking into his home. Uh, the two men also accused of using a taser on the family's dog, as well as holding a teenage boy at gunpoint. Murfreesboro police called to the home about 8.30 Friday night in reference to the shooting. 
When officers arrived, they found 52-year-old Kevin Ford dead at the front door. A second man found with multiple gunshot wounds at the Salvation Army on Main Street. He was taken to the hospital, treated and released into a police custody on charge of aggravated burglary, aggravated robbery, convicted felon in possession of a firearm, as well as possession of a firearm during the commission of a violent felony. According to authorities, the uh, two men were wearing gloves and masks when they broke into the home through the front door. Once they were inside, they again tased the family dog before holding the homeowner's son at gunpoint. That's when the homeowner grabbed his firearm, shot the two men several times. Uh, police say the shooting and breaking remained under investigation, but again, the homeowner acting in defense of himself and his son and other family members as well uh, and will not be facing any charges. Um, I'll, I'd like to say we're bringing more details as they become available, but honestly, I don't know that we're going to get any more details. Uh, the homeowner not facing charges. Media will probably very quickly move on from this story, but uh, I am very grateful that the homeowner was able to protect himself and his son from those uh, two armed intruders there on Friday night in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. All right, finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, a uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas woman who was able to help rescue her neighbor from a uh, burning vehicle. Uh, This from uh, ABC 4029, Felicia Main was at home with her three kids when she saw smoke and flames. She said once she realized that her neighbor was actually inside of his car, she said she knew she had to do something. She said, the door was still open. I grabbed his arm. He wasn't buckled in, thank goodness, because I don't think I was going to be able to reach in there. She said, I, I reached in there and I pulled him out. He just kept looking at me. He was just out of it. His eyes were red. There was a lot of smoke, so I figured that was probably why they were super red. Bystander called 911. Uh, firefighters said once the EMS arrived, they checked the man. He was okay. They also said thanks to uh, Felicia Maine and that bystander. Um the man is alive today because otherwise he might not have had the presence of mind to get out of that car. So, again, in the right place, at the right time, willing able to do the right thing. Felicia Maine in Fort Smith, Arkansas, we thank you for your very good deed. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, I want to thank uh, uh, Roy, who I had a chance to meet yesterday at the convenience store. I uh, was running in to grab a soda, and I hear, hey, aren't you that gun guy? And I said, uh, yes, I am. And so I got to meet Roy, a disabled veteran and a guy who was out for a Sunday drive. It was good to meet him and spend some time with him. Uh, and again, I, I cannot thank you enough for your support of uh, Bearing Arms and Cam and Company uh, as well. Really, I do mean it. Uh, it means a lot to me. So thank you very much for being here. Uh, I would encourage you to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day. We've got a lot of stuff going on, obviously, uh, when it comes to our right to keep and bear arms. And we're covering it all for you there at the website. If you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP member. Just go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive content, news stories, analysis you won't find anywhere else, because your support really does matter, and it does make a difference. So thank you again. We'll see you back here tomorrow with another edition of Barry and Arms, Cam and Company. In the meantime, be safe. Screw that up. Be well. There we go. Be safe and be free.